0: Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. And it's also easy to visit ubreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own Ubreak iFix. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? Ubreak Eye Fix is looking for passionate self starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At YouBreakEyeFix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, YouBreak iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools. It's true. And it's also easy to visit ubreakifix.com/ forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own ubreakiFix. iFix.
1: Six years as a cleaner in Maver City. They don't all beg, but they all lie, and God damn it God damn it. The man lay scurrying backwards across the wooden floor of the tenant block. The shadows the light creates darken my face and underline my eyes, making them darker as I approach. I cut a terrifying figure. Short black hair rested underneath my hat, rimmed glasses and a simple dress shirt and blazer. It was casual, but set with it a professional air. I open my mouth to speak with a grin, but the whining pup interrupts me. <laughs> please, 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 just tell me Adam that I left the city. I have a son, and, and I can pay you. Just forget you ever saw me. I get a buzzing in my jacket pocket. Another lie. I draw my pistol. They shouldn't suffer. It's just a job, I think. There's a difference, though, between a maniac and a cleaner. And I've met one or two. I lean in. Funny, your son didn't exist until you magicked him. Now I watch the sweat drip and the panic setting with his fear. A woman opens the door, looks at me, and then closes her door after she says, Sorry, this is just another day out here. The grey sky shone its silver hue, and I saw traces of that light through the window cracks. I light a smoke. Here, you want one? He shakes his head, but accepts to calm his nerves on his face, the lines on his face become larger. I knew they would, annoyance, fear, anger, and then, at last, acceptance. But I let him finish the cigarette. As I sit beside him, place the gun to the back of his head and pull the trigger, the world of iron just got a lot more spacious. The next day I'm playing music and I'm in a building. I won't say home or flat because I move a lot. Maybe safe house is a better word, but I keep my head low and I avoid people. They cause complications and I stopped seeing sentient beings a long time ago. I had to, they were all potential targets, all just cash that talked. My fridge is mostly empty. I won't be here long and I can't leave clues to my identity. But then I think, how could I? Everything about me is designed to go unnoticed. A good hitman blends in. He doesn't strike attention and in Mavir City, a cheap suit? Well, that was a dime a dozen. That's when I heard it. The phone rang. Not an unusual occurrence, but the time of day was all wrong. And if it had been Sidaris then it would be on my disposable cell, and not the house phone. And again, not at these hours. Good Nothing rattles me these days, though. I let my hand hover for just a second to regain my composure before I answer. You've reached Reyes, Martell. What can I do for you? I let it sound like a disinterested blur of words that a businessman might say. Like everything else about me. Anonymous. Forgettable. There were some flashy guys. They all got caught. Not me. Six years and a lot of lives. Later, and I'm still around. A silky tone left the mouth of the woman on the other end. Martel Reyes, it seems I've finally gotten a hold of you. I disliked her knowing tone. In that moment, I felt myself squirm under invisible searchlights, and she continued. 23 completed contracts. You are currently residing within Mavir City, yes? I thought about lying to her, but her intel was too accurate, except it was 24. The last wasn't exactly official business. (laughs) She continued You're a professional, I can rely on your discretion. I stayed silent, waiting to hear more. I didn't like this. I was bent over a table, and she and I knew all she had to do was blow the whistle. I fought against myself, though, and I said, Of course the woman sounded older, sixties maybe, as she said I want you to kill my son. For a second, I contemplate framing some human emotion, forcing a, but why, into my throat, before I decide she already knows that I don't feel anything anymore. So I let the thought hang. These proto-emotions were useful at times. So I cycled through my thoughts on which would be the most useful. As I centered on one, I said, tell me, tell me more acting as if I could turn her down at any moment. I had just a tinge of annoyance, and a lot of curiosity. As it turned out, this was the right gamble. She didn't know what I was, and after that point, I couldn't shut her up. Hello. She said, My son is one of those capes you see, in the city. I think to myself, I've never dealt with a cape. I say, which one? Figuring this will add to my skill set, and, of course, out of genuine curiosity. (laughs) She paused a moment and spoke, with a tinge of pride and jealousy. He's that bloody cape that calls himself the flag. He wore a cape that had a symbol of the England flag, hence hence the name. He was super strong and bulletproof. His durability, though... That I would have to test. The woman continued to talk, but she was inaudible to me at that point. I had a new obsession. I put the phone down deciding not to answer right away and play the news to see the flag's latest bust. And I discovered something I couldn't help myself. I grabbed the phone and I called back. As I just said, I'll do it. The flag, this flag, the people who had been lied to, it never occurred to any of us. This was a sellout. He had been on TV advertising, and it seems crime must have dried up at some point because the criminals he arrested today, I, I knew that they were actors. I might not know people, but I know a face, and I know a stunt double. Hours of TV after a job had finally paid off. It was my turn to be the superhero. Of course, I don't really care for the world or those people. They're all idiots, so not really. But the more I think about it, A few cameras, a few lights might actually be nice. (laughs) So, I looked over some old footage, a few choreographed fight scenes later, crime I can tell you, definitely does pay. Society was a rampaging beast of inequality and social deviancy. These fuckers would kill a guy to tell a guy he shouldn't kill. And then their government, a non-entity, is the one feeding them this shit. Mine didn't, because mine actually argued. But there are people that are arguing for that, and they are idiots. All over the world, they're creating chaos, and they don't even see it. There are no ideal societies, and all wanted to be important. At my core, I, even I, no, I didn't, I suppose. I think about the 24th, a man who was terminal. He begged me to end his pain, and it was logical. To go on living in such a condition didn't benefit him anymore, and of course, after I persuaded him to write me into his will, I had funds. his choice not another's, and yet his death was denied him. There was a strange sense of responsibility I bared as his cancer had in large part been a decision he brought on himself by allowing me into his head. A true friend. If I can paint such a term his death never haunted me but I did see the void. I could no longer exploit his life for my benefit and that was the true tragedy. This flag, though, had people rally behind him, no matter how many he killed or what he did. Who was the real monster? The children, innocent, not like an adult, would run about my street, outside my safe house, And in imitation to him, they would defeat imaginary villains. And it was always the unpopular kid who was left to play that villain. So were they really so innocent? I quashed the notion violently. As I left the house, I thought to myself, the media, the writers uh, had brainwashed them, and decided before I kill him, I would ruin what the so-called heroes stood for. Kastan was a colony world in the Jnera Galaxy. This flag? He had come from Old Earth to save us all, apparently the last son of a dead world. <laughs> All these powers and still criminals? I forced a laugh as I opened the door. Record this. Before I even take a step out the door, the silver light washes over me and and nearly blinds my eyes. Gray silhouetted buildings loomed overhead so that those who lived in them felt important. The larger the building, the larger your dick or something. It was a way to inflate the egos of those inside and so that those outside felt smaller in their inescapable lives. So that in some small part, there was something for them to work towards so that they could climb, some of them, and learn to step on what was below. That was the way society worked. So first off, I needed surveillance equipment and a van. I needed to gather intel. I couldn't just kill the flag. That wouldn't change the world. It wouldn't save it from itself. Chapter two, plant a flag. Chapter two, plant a flag. The blue and white red blur shot round buildings at supersonic speed. The grey sky was clear cast today, as if even the clouds moved for the flag. As he landed on the back of the van, he said, I am the flag. Stop, now do wells, as he planted his foot through the roof of the car. He crouched as the van rammed hard against the wall. Sparks flew from the car as he reached his hand in to pull out the driver. After he pulled him out, he leapt from the van, watching it crash into the railings and knocking the men inside unconscious. Internal bleeding and ruptured organs began to take their toll on the men as the flag spoke. Crime will never pay in my city. I make a stand for those that can't. I have planted my flag. He gave a cheesy grin for, the inv- for invisible cameras as he bent low over the driver and whispered, Good work. He flew upwards into the sky and towards a large building that bore a heavy satellite atop it. The flag flew through the open window and said, Glad you left the door open. Where's War Maiden these days? The man in the corner wore a silk clothes and slippers as he said, You know her, she's cleaning up Lamentia. The flag landed next to the Asian man and said, "Ah, the sinking sorrow, Crafter. Whatever happened to the phantoms or my villains?" The master Crafter laughed. "Why, (laughs) you missing them? They're there. The ones not in hiding are dead." There was a buzz and a ring. The flag shot up in excitement and bloodlust. Using his super speed, he shot towards the phone. Picking it up so fast that he almost broke the thing in his hand. He spoke cheerfully, hoping to ease his boredom. Hello there, chum. It's... the voice interrupted him. The flag, I know. I let the the thought hang in the air, in his head. I wanted him to panic, but he doesn't. He sounds... pleased. I put down the phone. It occurred to me right then and there, this was a madman steering the people's hopes, protecting them from fears, fears he created, and not because it was the right thing to do, because he was like me, outside the law. He felt power. A conversation would do me no good, and I knew that if he killed me, he would make them cheer. I decided I had to infiltrate to get a better understanding of the way Safeguard worked. The building I had uh, tapped three hours before, while he was busy, gave me an idea. I will travel to the underwater city, the city of Lamentia. War Maiden stood clad in metallic armor. It had a mini jet engine style pack on the back. Her eyes were rimmed with detachable lenses targeting, for targeting, allowing her increased brainwave activity to power her suit as she plowed through the glass corridors watching sea creatures swim beside her as she flew just off the ground and towards the men carrying Capellan rifles. Unlike the flag earlier, these were real criminals. She blitzed past shot after shot and began to discharge her own firepower from an arm cannon. She fired an energy blast, not at the men, but at the glass wall beside them. As she hit her turbojets, her speed increased. As she flew, water began to gush forth, causing the men to drown. She hoisted one off the ground with her and allowing his head to stay near the water, causing it to flick up in his face. Uh, uh. She bellowed, what is my sister planning? The flag sat back in his chair, smiling, as Master Crafter said, only you would be excited about a potential new enemy. And then the flag simply said, we secured, most of, we, we secured most of cast time, made a utopia. There isn't a need for us right now, and I feel pretty damn useless. I'm not you, I can't create. And then he scowled. How long till they figure that out? How long before they turn on us, on you, on me, on War Maiden? How long till they replace me? So I advertise to stay relevant, and I bust the occasional criminal. The Master Crafter then replied, That's what we wanted, right? An end to this? He walked off, allowing the flag to think, as he said, Just fetching a tour. I need to keep working on the purification system. You know, if I sabotage that system, give people power, we would never be irrelevant. But for now, I wait. People don't oppose us because they don't have power. And I know my mixture of hope and fear does that. But what if there were more like us? That's uh, an inner monologue. He's not saying that. He's just thinking it. The purification system was Mastercrafter's baby. He'd worked on it since the inception of Safeguard, a way to cut down on pollution. filter the air, providing a healthier environment without us sacrificing things that have become necessities of life. The idea was it would recycle the purest parts of the air, keeping the environment in a perpetual stalemate. He fought it up and it would work. That was his power. It wouldn't take much to disperse it with my DNA, include a blueprint for a better world, one where everyone was a god or devil, with the power to both create and destroy lives. And I was betting there would be a lot of the latter. My blood, you see, I learned was an infectious strain, and that coming into contact with other cells, mine would devour them. Imagine a life more solitary than mine. I had the equivalent of super-AIDS. The man said, ''Look, I don't know anything. I'm not high up enough.'' Warmaiden smiled. ''You do, unless my frail hands drop you.'' The man's head to the water now. As she backed up, frantically, he said, she, she, ''She's in Lamentia, under the water dome, and she's not alone.'' maiden flew past the sealed doors, locked them, and dropped the man on the floor. He said, ''Thank you.'' A puzzled look on his face as she spanned, her silver armour glinted, jagged spikes, as she kicked him around the head using that motion. The Banshee Queen orchestrated her choir of screams. People were strewn about in torturous patterns, but they were kept alive, yet had been used as instruments to make songs. As their intestines were converted into fixed strings, her henchmen played using bones as violin-like instruments. People were screaming in chorus. War Maiden, in a monologue. I checked my suit's power supply. If the power went dead, then my sister, the Banshee, well, she'd be left victorious, fighting a paralyzed woman. She'd always touted how indomitable she was, and yet... And yet now, she'd given into Stigma's corruption. She'd become this thing that feeds off the suffering of others. Their life force. Stigma himself was dead, though we never found body. The flag saw sort to of that. Let's record this bit. I was grateful to him because I thought my sister would come home, that the corruption would end, but it didn't, and I wonder sometimes if he really died, but I know the flag wouldn't wouldn't have lied, he who used to visit me after the accident convinced me to work with the crafter to make the suit, and I was so happy I could walk again, and I could do a lot more, I increased my speed veering up on the dome.
0: tonight After all of the fights, I still keep your side, I still look inside, I still make your mind despite prior rights i never say what you want me to say yeah. Now I'll go back and a race for you, making this tape in my basement for you, out on the city I brave it for you, smoke out the woods and I save it for you, everything that had been driving me crazy, I trade it all in a second for you Baby, I treat you better, you know I would do
1: room was awash with gore and made to look like some kind of amphitheater from a nightmarish vision. Uh. I thought to myself, my sister had done this because I couldn't kill her. But I let the notion fall away. I was a superhero, like the flag. And yeah, he had done what he had to, but I also had my own way. I set my arm cannon's repulse settings for stuns. Sonic Commission could scramble the banshee siren-like screams. If her power was in her audio, I could scramble it using the defrequencer. I hovered into the chamber and saw the man in black. He wore a hooded robe. I activated my sound wave enhancer, focused on the conversation and drew in the signal. The man in the hooded robe said, Banshee, it won't be long now. The arrival is imminent. Suddenly the glass below me erupted. And a strange monstrosity clawed up at me. I activated my jet's propulsion, shot upwards, diving just outside its reach, when she spoke. Ah, sister, you've arrived from the looks of it. Power's running low. You were looking for me at least a week, weren't you? She sipped blood from a glass. Her fangs protruded outwards as she wailed and said, Ah! Fortunately, my dear, I had word arrive. The scaled green armoured arm pulled itself up from the floor, as I shouted, TIRATHUS! The creature was there the day Stigma was slain, a gargantuan, hulking monstrosity. As it clambered further up, it growled in its, in its agony. Cries of anguish from the human instruments fed its fury, as it let out a reverberated howl. <laughs> Its cranium was a thick mass of muscular green veins set with purple eyes and an almost hammerhead shark-styled head. I couldn't stun this. The density of my beams had to first pierce the exoskeleton before I could numb its nerves and go for the knockout. The henchman I'd left drowning and swimming earlier had come back to warn their mistress as I shot to the left dodging its claw I had activated a holographic decoy that could last only three minutes until it, disper- until it dispersed and had it run some interference with the henchman, I did a kind of barrel roll narrowly dodging its second hulking claw as I skidded just under it before utilizing my heat lance and using its energies to spear the claw into the thick glass wall it wouldn't hold for long The banshee let out a scream and I regret activating my sound wave enhancer. I feel my ears rupturing and my eyes begin to bleed. As I fall deceleration begins and I'm falling into the the terafus and its grasp, but I quickly use the defrequencer. It opens its jaw to swallow me whole and I think back to the day the flag visited me and he said When things are at their worst, there's always another way we can stand up again. Maybe it's not the way we want, but I'll be damned if on my worst day I let someone stamp me into the dirt. I open my eyes and I know what I have to do. I accelerate faster. Increasing my descent, the Terrafus hasn't figured it out yet, but it does have a way it can be quickly disposed of. And I smile as I enter the bowels of the thing. I'm careful not to let myself be snagged on its teeth or touch its stomach acid. I inject it with a lot of sleep darts directly inside the thing's veins. When I bring something low, it's always my way. Suit power still seems stable as I fly out to greet my sister. She's wailing at the side of the creature's mouth, though, and morphs her hand into some kind of odd tendril. She takes a swing at me, and I go crashing to the side of the creature, which is now sleeping. The banshee spoke. It wasn't a mere tendril, dear sister. I call this mutation an electroabsorber. The more I hit, the less power you have, and I'm going to drink you dry. The tendril came again. This time I used my jet booster to thrust me out of the way and to check on the power display, but my eyes briefly leaving my opponent was a mistake. After I checked the reading and saw the 20% remaining sign, I looked back up, and she was gone. The darkness of the monstrous theater was complete, and I couldn't see anything. I switched the lens to infrared when the scream came. Ah! And she was on me. In an instant, the tendril came and though the tongue-like lash couldn't break my armour, it was eating my power. Ten percent, I thought. I did a backflip, kicking up at her chin before spinning and avoiding the second lash. The next incoming strike may be my last chance. I switch all power to my stun repulsor and send a charge blast, but while I'm charging, she grabs me. I cannot avoid the next hit, the tendril came down and I fired, knocking her off her feet unconscious, but then, then I couldn't move either. My world fades from colour, my silver armour frame, a paperweight, and I'm just a disabled girl again. The man in black approaches and draws his knife. War made a monologue. I told myself I was a superhero, and there were times in my life I felt like less than any of them. But I had something that they didn't have. Willpower. As the man came towards me to thrust his knife, I grabbed the blade using my strength. The weight of the suit prolonged this fight. I used a spike on my wrist to cut into his face and make him think twice. He backed off. I smirked. But not for long. He drew a pistol. The man had said, All that brain power. That IQ. And you didn't even armor your head. That's when I heard the gunshot, and knew it was the end. (sighs) Chapter four, bullet hell. A hole opened up and brain matter poured out the man's skull as it exploded like a melon. I cycled through the appropriate responses, avoided saying things like, ripe. I quickly said, Warmaiden, glad I arrived in time, you all right? I donned a strange outfit, made out of, made some minor alterations to it this time, and I did stand out. Warmaiden said, My decoy is down, henchmen will be approaching, find cover. I thought she seemed barcy for someone who couldn't move, but the gesture was appreciated. My red and silver armor glinted. Oddly, I carried a bandolier on my armored form and had yet to give myself a name. Though I was partial to one, I threw over a cluster grenade, watching it explode into pieces as the men had metallic shards erupt into them. I shouted, my voice echoed down the hole. You're all going to die. <laughs> I bring a message with me. The Reaper knows your names. Benedict Voltaire will be the first to die. The fangs of this basilisk bite deep. Woman said, How do you. Basilisk answered. Simple. I ran background checks on the way here, and I always remember a face. The man dropped his gun and said, please, I was tricked. Hearing this, I knew his position. I fired a heavy duty duty armor-piercing round through the barrel. He was behind, and it ripped through his trachea. As he lay bleeding by the throat and others panicked, enraged by their looming deaths, they fired nonsensically. At this point, I decided to have a little fun. If you come quietly, all of you... I won't have to kill you, even if one of you resists. You will die. I watched grown men descend into arguments. One or two shot their friends. It was great. But they handed themselves in. And I turned to War Maiden and I said, I try to spare lives too when I can. How could you, War Maiden said, how could you do that? I answered in what I imagined to sound glumly. Tone, I'm not special like you or Flag. I, I had no choice. I'm outnumbered, outgunned here, so I used a fear tactic to get them to do the right thing. Sometimes that backfires, kid. She crawled on the floor, approaching me. I understand. Today made me see I'm not special either. I can't even walk. I held her gaze for a moment. I needed her, but not weak. So I said. Heightened brainwave activity, a suit you helped build, and born in the matriarchy of Hask, for fuck's sake. If you're not special, I don't know what is. You survived your accident, and you were made stronger. You're a phoenix. She slumped alongside me and smiled. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I continued. You fight every day with a busted spine. I laugh for effect. I couldn't do that with a sprained ankle. <laughs> Call me soft and mushy, but I liked her. Kind of a pure soul. The kind you don't see in anything except, well, TV. War well, Maiden said, I'm out of power and they'll send more reinforcements. You should leave. You should leave me. Maybe I got caught up in my own heroics because I found myself saying, absolutely not. Fix your power systems. I, I presume Crafter taught you how. Radio the others. I didn't know if she could actually do it, but I started moving past the chairs, handcuffing villains and reinforcing walls with furniture like barricades. warmaid and had cruel past piles of now-dead instruments, looking for items of value. Her suit now stained red with the blood of innocent people, she found a few things she could use, combined with her suit to put out a weak signal to Master Crafter. The hitman, now known as Basilisk, took out a tool belt and began to place traps, these small rectangular devices, upon the ground. As he called up, Maiden, have you succeeded? She wiped off oil from her brow and said, Nearly, I'm trying to refocus the suit's internal power, but if I do that, I can't even move my arms. It'll just be a heavy weight crushing me. Basilisk moved back up to where Maiden sat. He knew what he was asking her. She would have to give up her arms as well as her legs. Even temporarily, this would be her private hell. Asking her to sit by, helpless, powerless. The two shared a look of mutual understanding, as Warmaiden said, I'm trusting you. Don't kill if you don't have to. We can save a lot of lives today. For once I felt her weighted eyes appraise me, and I knew I couldn't lie. And for whatever reason, she inspired me and I have no idea why. I nodded my head as I replied, knockout gas, traps, barricades, and rubber bullets. I never usually use. Warmaiden replied, but earlier, I answered quickly. You nearly died and I couldn't risk it. She was my way in, but I found myself for once having a little hero worship. We sat behind fold-out chairs and barricades, waiting for death. I lit a smoke and handed her a cigarette. I said, might not get out of this one. If it's the end, she'd calm your nerves. I pressed the cigarette up against her lips. She couldn't move, but I lit it, and I helped her smoke. For me, it was just another pleasure, like a kill, but since I couldn't kill, this one might really be the end, and I couldn't deny her one last smoke. I turn to Warmaiden and I say, At least it won't be under that great goddamn sky. She chokes on the cigarette and laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Silverlight isn't such a bad thing, you know. You're kind of pessimistic, aren't you? Before I have time to answer, I hear the first of the waves of armed soldiers approach Herculaneous soldiers equipped with Capellan rifles and Baradeshi shotguns. The shotguns sported four barrels, which meant up close, they had four shots. I move away from Warmaidon to draw the attention away from her as long as possible. The gas takes care of the first line, but I look over the barricade and there's thousands. Four barrels, I think, will be the death of me. instruments, I think. We're using sonic emissions, a kind of energy, and I wonder if War Maiden's suit could harness it. Back over and whisper, your suit absorbs energy? She says, of course. You're, th- you're not thinking. She shakes her head, but I'm already doing it. I start playing the people who were left alive. Slices of tendon fall away as their screams form reverberations. Sonic waves and a crescendo of screams. I'm smiling. We might live through this, and the melody is sweet. I grab more War Maiden's conductor, hold it up as I continue. The waves crash against it visibly. I'm hit by a bullet. Shouldn't have stood, but I carry on playing. This, I think, is what it means to be a hero. The music echoes through the superconducting metals of the suit, granting more and more power. I reach for, but I'm hit again. I go down this time, and this time it's my rifle I reach for, but War Maiden, at last, flies again. I laugh. (laughs) I told you, a goddamn phoenix, and while she finds my actions repulsive, I see her smile is one with pride. She says, looks like you took a bit of a hit. I call that karma. Basilis says, you'd rather we die? Warmaiden corkscrews into the crowd as uses her neutralizing blast. As she hits the ground, hundreds of men are not unconscious. She replies, never do that again, but thank you. I fire my rifle, even with a shoulder wound, my aim has always been top-notch. I use the rubber bullets, hitting the man who is about to creep up on Warmaiden, square behind the eyes. He drops to the floor. Ask Warmaiden. Why not use that before?" She replied. On 30% energy, not enough juice. Warmaiden continued. Wait, you were watching that whole time? Basilisk retorted. Well, I figured you'd have it. Well, that's when we saw them. Hecalante soldiers, armoured in gold, wielding staff-like weapons, accompanied by inhumanly massive rock-like creatures. I yelled, you got any rockets? I scrambled to find better ammunition, cursing her stupidity. She said, I built my suit to stun, only stun. I have no rockets, but perhaps I can create a wave to neutralize the creature. It's inanimate, but perhaps I can blow it apart. I think she said perhaps one too many times for my liking, and I start to reconsider my options. I regain my composure in just in time. War Maiden turns to me as if sensing I want to say something, but then, doesn't say a thing. She flies towards the creatures, bravest person I've ever seen. I put down the rifle, knowing rubber bullets will be useless, come down from my perch. And I draw a knife, as I reclaim my tool belt. I am not going to let her outdo me. After all. I'm always the best person in the room. <laughs> War Maiden flew to meet her fate through oncoming bullets. No, this was what I meant it meant to be a hero. I fought biting my lip. She couldn't hope to beat the creatures. The third I'd identified by its movement was sentient. If she discovered this, she couldn't. I quashed the sentiment, as if I was going to save this world I wouldn't tarnish a hero's morality like hers. Just the flag, I fought. I sprinted up, ducking behind cover, all the while she was miles ahead and I knew the result. War Maiden monologue. Basilis was right. I am special, and I can do this, because that's what I do. It's what I've always done. I save lives, because I'm a superhero. I think to myself, something that was born in the dark can't stand around something that was born in the light and not be changed by it. I think about this, and about War Maiden still. War Maiden's armor erupts into a sound wave of dispersal, destroying the first two creatures. It's at that moment I realize I have no choice. I reach into my tool belt and I say, even if it changes me forever, I didn't have jet boots or super speed or something. And so, you know, as well as something in me wouldn't allow myself to just tell her, my actions always contradicted my words. I inject myself with a needle containing the serum. <laughs> I did, however, have a chemistry degree. From the time I was paid to assassinate a man called Dr. Nero, I was his lab assistant quite a while. We manipulated DNA looking into reptile regeneration, and it fascinated me. It's why the name Basilis just stuck in my head.
0: Picture this. Picture the new DQ Summer Blizzard treat menu with iconic flavors that taste like instant summer. You order the one and only drumstick blizzard with peanuts. Oh, wow. Crunchy waffle cone pieces, world-famous DQ soft serve, and blue sky bliss. Or maybe you get the brownie batter blizzard. Ooh-wee, fudgy brownie goodness. You're feeling breezy and dreamy all over. Moments like these are why the new DQ Summer Blizzard treat menu exists. Get it delivered at DQ.com. DQ. Happy, taste good.